Julia Blackman is a visual development artist at Netflix who works mainly with digital art. She worked in shows like My Dad the Bounty Hunter, as well as on a children's book called The Mess That We Made. Apart from her artistic day job and freelance work, Julia also somehow finds the energy to work on her own pieces. And I just had to find out how. Join us today as we discuss overcoming creative burnout, being an artist outside an art job, why and how real life experiences can improve your art, and what's a visual development's work day like at Netflix. Want to be part of the show? Then send in your questions or topics you'd like to see covered to our email at hello at etcherlab.com. If you send us an audio recording, we might include it in the episode. Hi, I'm Anya, and this is Make More Art, a podcast by Etcher, meant to inspire you to keep on creating. Now let's hear from our guest. First question I have for you, Julia, is... When do you first fall in love with art? Oh, that's a good question. Wow. Um, I mean, I've loved art ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, like as a baby, I'd go crazy with the finger paints and my parents could like barely like take me away from doing that. Um, and I knew I really loved art when I would just stay up all night as a kid with a flashlight past my bedtime. And like, I would just go to town with my colored pencils and I would get such an adrenaline rush just doing that and I just wanted to do that forever so that's when I kind of knew I loved art so you were really young and did you realize that was a thing that you would pursue as you know a career or was that still not even you know like it took me a long time to realize that it could even be a career like it wasn't until like senior year of high school where I really started to get serious about it and then um yeah I started looking into art colleges and That's kind of how I went about it. Okay. And you did go to college for art. You graduated and you're working as a visual development artist. And are you working at a a company or are you working as a freelancer for Netflix or in in other companies? Yeah. So I'm working full time at Netflix animation right now. Yeah. And what does a visual development artist do for a living? What's a day of work like for you at Netflix? Uh, so for me, like going into work every day, like I never know what I'm going to do next. And that's kind of the exciting part about it. Um, like sometimes I design environments and I do like rough line work or some days I'll do like a prop turnaround or like character surfacing and all that jazz. Because there's a lot of work that goes behind a TV show, right? Cause... Oh, yeah. Many, many people, especially non-artists, of course, but many people don't have... And they don't realize how much artwork goes in the production of something that is not even animated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't believe how much work goes into every little thing, like every little prop you see in a TV show, like that was like thought out and it's there for a purpose and it was designed by someone and said to a modeler, like it's a whole process. Is there any show you're working on right now that we can talk about? Or is everything in DA? Yeah, it, it was announced, actually. It's called My Dad the Bounty Hunter. I it's saw the really fun. So cool. Yeah, it's so exciting. And just my whole team is just so great. Yeah. So you're working mainly as a background designer for, for that uh, show, which means that there's a lot of work 
on not only designing the actual scenes that we see, but also plan. I mean, are, do you have a say on planning the colors or is that another department? Yeah, like uh, we do color scripts and stuff. So sometimes I dive into that a little bit, mm -hmm. which is really fun. Like that's my favorite thing to do. Um, but yeah, like I do color work on props and environments and whatnot. Good. And now let's travel a little back in time. So now that we have a full specter of who you are and why you fell in love with art and what you do now day to day. Uh, if we jump to your Instagram, actually, before we go back in time, we see a lot of digital work. We see a lot of viz dev, but we also see other things. So apart from your work, apart from your full time job, what do you mm -hmm. do as an artist? You know, as a I, I, I wouldn't say hobbyist. So what do you consider yourself outside of work hobbyist? But do you also do professional work as a freelance outside? How do you conciliate uh, your work work from, you know, full time job with art making on the side? How 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 do you find even how do you even find time for that? Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I do freelance on the side and then I try to find time for my own personal work as well. But um I also try to go outside to paint as often as I can. And um, yeah, so I just finished my first children's book last year, which is really exciting. Um, it's called The Mess That We Made. It's about all the plastic in the ocean. And that was really fun. That was like my first ever like fully illustrated children's book, which was just a blast. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that was fun. And then I've been doing children's book covers too for a while. Like I do a lot of like fantasy covers and whatnot wow so but don't you ever get tired i mean you get out of your job oh, yeah. which is art making the whole day huh. and then how do you even find the mental bandwidth to create more oh my gosh it's hard sometimes i've been through some like serious burnout in my past um especially in this pandemic like you would think that with all this free time we have as artists well some people um that we would just be constantly creating in our free time. But it's actually kind of hard, I found, to create during this pandemic. Um, and I, I try not to put too much pressure on myself to be so productive, like, all the time. Um, so I kind of just paint whenever I feel like it, and I don't really, like, make it a mission to be productive after work every single day because, like, I used to do that, and I just got so toasty. How... What does it feel like to have a creative burnout? How did it feel like to you? Um, to me, like, it felt like it's hard to get inspiration. And even when you have inspiration, it's really hard to, like, get yourself at your desk to actually do that thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that's how I felt like. So it's like, I'm asking because I've also been through that and I... I think to a certain degree is kind of unique how each artist feels an artistic burnout. Yeah. And what you said is so spot on. We've been through a full year of pandemic by now. It's January 2021. Uh, I mean, Portugal, <laughs> things in Portugal, horrible. We're never, not, not even oh, no. going to open that can of worms. Um, and I, I went through that as well. I mean, sometimes I... I even prepared my workspace. I had the paper laid out. I had my brushes there. The paint was open. I just had to sit down yeah. and create. But I'm like, I don't even want to think about holding a brush <laughs> right now. I Only yeah. recently, like last week or something, I felt like I really wanted to get back to picking up a pen and drawing. Like I've yeah. been making super 
uh, easy pieces of art with finger painting because um, I've been doing finger painting with my baby so that that was fun oh. and uh, you know not there was not any pressure on it so yeah, I figured out new. yeah it was cute and I mean I, I was not worried about technique or composition or anything right so I yeah. just ended up doing a series of um, Pokemon of little creatures using mainly finger painting and I'm still doing it and it's fun and it's something that I do just to do something creative you know and yeah. now I'm feeling like I can actually pick up my pens, pick up my brushes and do something that, you know, I used to do last year. Yeah, sometimes you just need to kind of revert to that mentality you had as a little kid. Like what made you excited about art when you were a little kid? And then maybe like dive oh. deeper into that and, you know, just play around and don't feel pressure to share it online. Just do something for your own soul to make you happy. Is uh... let loose. Is that what you did? I mean, to get past that burnout, just do something fun until the spark got back to you or? Yeah, I mean, what I did was um, like, if I'm not really having that much creative inspiration, sometimes like I'll just take like a film study, like um, I'll watch a movie or a show and I'll just stop the show at a certain point I find really interesting and something where I feel like I could learn from that composition and stuff. So I do that every now and then, and that kind of, like, loosens up my gears a little bit for painting. Um, but besides that, I've been trying to go outside to go sketch and paint, and that's been really helping me just kind of loosen up. And, you know, it's hard to remind yourself to go outside this pandemic and yeah, do whatever you want. Unless you have, you know, unless you, you're near somewhere that is not filled with people. But I'm glad you touched that subject because your full-time job, you're in – you were now now you don't you're not but you probably were inside a studio doing art the whole day so yeah. did separating the art you made for yourself going outside and maybe doing plein air or something did that did a trick for you just changing physical location and mediums yeah i mean it's been a challenge just working inside for this long um but yeah, I, I do try to go outside still to go paint. What mediums do you work outside of work? Um, so for me, um, I work primarily digital, but um, mm -hmm. outside when I'm planning writing, I work with gouache usually. And you will be doing a live demo with us and then a workshop. And what yeah. will you be using and what will the subject be? Yeah, so I'm going to be using gouache paint. I'm so excited for this workshop. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be kind of showing people how I paint like a character, specifically like an animal in an environment and how to make that character look like it's actually in the environment and um, how I choose my colors. And I'm also going to talk about, um, you know, how I get inspiration from photos, but I don't really copy the photos exactly. Like I kind of take a bunch of photos and then I try to, mesh them all together and take bits and pieces of um, the photos and then make it into one. Huh. So, so I'm pretty excited you will about be teaching that. how we can combine reference. Yeah. How to pick the palette to get the whole thing unified. Because I'm, yeah. I'm assuming you're, you know, if you're looking at three different photos to get the best out of everyone, but the photos are from mm -hmm. different moments of day or different locations, you have to somehow come up with a palette that works with everything. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why I like painting outside was, um, you know, you really start to learn about different colors and shadows that don't necessarily come up in photos. You know what I mean? So 
it's important to take inspiration from life too and put it into your paintings exactly because that's another rent that i that i had in my pocket because how do you do visual development and create backgrounds that do not exist and create you know and plan things for characters that do not exist without learning from what's around you yeah exactly yeah i think that's another reason why i think um travel is so important too to just go out there and experience the world and you know take inspiration from places you didn't think you would get inspiration from and i think it just um brings a lot of um life to your paintings and drawings and whatnot. that is very yeah that's why maybe another rent <laughs> <laughs> I think we could just sit down and rent for a full afternoon if we had the ability. Um, would you say that maybe that's what... Because I, I, I look at your art and I can recognize your art by being yours. Uh, people call it art style. There are many things that people call it. But I think not going into a, a rent about style because uh, we go into that a lot in a bunch of episodes. But... What makes your art uniquely yours, visually and emotionally, I think, is all the experiences you've been through as a human being, like you were saying, and as a person. And everything that you go through can and is kind of portrayed in the art that you do. And if you had not taken those travels, taken time for yourself, then your art would not have that kind of charm. It would be completely different. Right, right. Yeah, it's so interesting you know, talking about style. Um, you know, I always felt like I never had a style, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to force style at a certain point, like in college, and I was still figuring out what I wanted to do. But um, I feel like I kind of just paint whatever hits me in the moment. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. whenever inspiration comes, I kind of just try to go for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a kid, my family, you know, we always went on vacations to different parts of the world. And I feel like that really you know, inspired me at a young age to kind of like take different things from different cultures and nature and combine it to my and, art. And how do you, because I mean, this all makes sense in a way, but practically speaking, mm -hmm. how do you combine the colors, the smells, the experiences that you live in different parts of the world when you travel into one piece of art? How is that done? What would, what would you question. think? Um, I mean, Sometimes when I'm traveling, like I'll take a picture and then I try really hard to take a mental picture as well so that I capture what the lighting looks like or what's inspiring me in that moment. And then I try to translate that later on. It's hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's mainly a mix of feelings and, and colors. Yeah, it's really intuitive, I feel. Yeah. And I think it's different for everyone else. So if you're listening to this episode, I'd love to know how you combine your experiences in your art. So let us know in the comment section of the post associated with this episode at atrolab.com forward slash Julia and uh, more on that at the end of the episode. Because yeah, I, I, I'm just talking about it because for example, I'm looking at one of your pieces and I'm going to add this again to the post. And there's like this fishing boat and the water is very green. And there's a lot of color in the green water, actually. There's a lot of blues, there's a lot of pinks, there's a lot of yellows, and you don't see that. How do you come up with such different palettes? Because it doesn't feel weird. It, fe it feels very mm. natural, even though it's not the colors that we usually think when we, you know, oh, ocean and, and sea monsters and, and stuff like that. So how, 
Yeah, so this is maybe the embodiment of what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like, usually when you think of the ocean, you're like, oh, well, it's blue, so I'm going to paint blue. But actually, there's like so many different different colors in the ocean. And, you know, I used to go diving, and I was just so blown away by all the colors I used to see while oh. scuba diving. And, um, like, the water can sometimes be almost opalescent in a way when the light hits it. And um, I remember that very clearly. So I try to translate that into um, my children's books. And there you go. Try to so make this... it kind of like a rainbow in the water, but not yeah. like in your face rainbow, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Because now that you say it out loud, I'm like, oh, so that's, oh, that makes sense. And this is exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> so this painting, and again, I'm, I'm featuring this painting on, on the blog post. If you're watching the, if you're only listening to the audio version, this is the embodiment of your scuba diving experience and how you were able to translate that into a painting and it makes it so rich. So yeah, I, I know. I don't even know what I was trying to say with this. I just I just think that that's what you were ranting about. Uh, being alive and, you know, partaking in life makes our art pieces that much better. Yeah, definitely. I'm wondering, now that we talked about art in a very broad sense, uh, and I know that you do digital in your work uh, environment. You go a bit traditional when you're on your free time. Do you have a favorite? Ooh, um, I feel like my favorite's digital right now, and it has been for a while. Um, I just feel like for me, I have the most control over mm -hmm. it, and um, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things with digital art as well. I mean, right now I'm in the process of learning 3D, which is like a whole new Ooh. challenge for me. A whole new world, but <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. And how do you how do you pace yourself with so much learning? I mean, for for some artists, it's when we're starting. There's so many things we can learn. It can become overwhelming oh, yeah. really fast. So where did oh, you yeah. start? What was first for you? You know, I try to take it really slow, and I try to take it in baby steps because, like, you know, sometimes as artists, when we're not like immediately good at something, it can be mm. kind of frustrating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of take it slow and like maybe I'll try learning something new for like 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes. And I try not to like go too crazy with it because um, mm -hmm. otherwise I do get super overwhelmed, especially mm -hmm. with new programs. So you, for example, you the first medium that you started with, what was it? Do you remember? Oh, like first ever? Yeah. At um, least when I you was got like into, huge into school. Yeah. I was huge into um, watercolors, actually, and colored mm -hmm. pencils. Um, I really loved the spontaneousness of um, watercolors and how it's so unpredictable, you know. Oh, I love that you're saying that, but your favorite at the moment is digital because it gives you the most control. So it's very yeah. interesting to me how you go from 8 to 80. Yeah, yeah, it is weird, huh? I mean, I kind of try to incorporate, like, um, spontaneity into my digital art so mm -hmm. it doesn't look so digital I try mm -hmm. to um, play around with like different brushes that look like traditional work you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that does make a lot of sense uh, maybe we can do another live demo with you in the future but digital that would be cool I'd love that yeah, that'd be we fun. start with gouache and uh, we go to digital and see how you apply your gouache learning to digital painting that would be cool yeah I mean, it's all the same principles, just, just translated. Exactly. Digital. I had a conversation yeah. with Marco, Marco Bussi, um, uh -huh. and we were talking about that in, in that interview. At the moment of this recording is coming up next week, and if you're listening to this podcast, it just came out last week, because uh, this one is right after that. And we were uh, talking a lot about how 
learning how to paint is not related to the medium but to the painting mm. itself and when you learn yeah. something you can sure when the medium is different there are some things that change but if you know how to paint with gouache then you can uh, grab that knowledge and bring it to watercolor or bring it to digital those are just yeah. different tools yeah exactly. you agree mm-hmm. cool uh before you wrap up the interview because uh, we've been renting for a while and uh, this has been really fun um I just want to ask if you have any advice on artists starting out, on hobbyists who are still finding out what they want to do. Any words for them? Yeah, I mean, um, I would just really focus on the foundations. I mean, I feel like that was one of the most valuable things I learned in school was really like focusing on um, your skills and then also at the same time, be true to yourself and really find what you like to do and don't really force anything that you don't like to do on yourself. Um, I struggled with that in the past too, but um, yeah, I feel like just experiment, have fun, you know, do works where you don't, you know, feel the need to show anyone and mm. um, just keep at it. Yeah. But also don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Cause I know that's a common thing as an artist. Have you ever gone through a time where getting into art making was challenging? How did you get through it? Please share your tips and stories in the comments section of the post associated with this episode at etcherlab.com forward slash Julia. That's E-T-C-H-R-L-A-B.com forward slash J-U-L-I-A. Or if you're watching on YouTube, simply let us know in the comment section below. If you're enjoying the podcast, please help us keep the show alive. You can subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts at etcherlab.com forward slash go forward slash Apple. Or if you're more of a YouTube viewer, please make sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our most recent videos. Sharing is caring and every little bit helps. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Until then... Let's make more art. Let him finish. Five more minutes. There's a lot to say. Real food, real food, okay? <laughs> He's smiling. Oh. One minute, one minute, two minutes.